Please be seated. Well, this Sunday is a special Sunday because it's a convergence of a number of things. We've already dubbed it Vision Sunday, where I'll share what God has put on my heart that I believe He has called us to focus on for 2015. It's also IWS Sunday. If you don't know what the Institute for Worship Studies is, you'll hear from Jim Hart, the president of the school, a little bit later in the announcements. And we have many students who are here worshiping with us this morning. Again, I welcome you. This is also the Sunday after the Feast of the Epiphany, which is a celebration, an ancient celebration of God revealing the gospel, not just to Jews in Christ, but also in Christ to the Gentiles, as we just heard of the Magi coming from the East. And in Ephesians, the idea of the Gentiles being outside of God's covenant promises. And we have grace. It's also the celebration of our church's ninth birthday. We, we were founded on Epiphany, January 6th, in 2006. We're nine years old this year, and we're grateful for that. And so this morning, I want to focus on one aspect of vision, and that is membership. And what does it mean to be a member and to belong? And I want to ask the question, does membership in the church matter? Does it matter? Of course, as a pastor, I believe it does because I work for the church and really value it. But I want to say this. It is amazing what the living God can do through a people who are united and working together. Let me give you some numbers. Just from the six and a half years that we as Grace Anglican Church have been on this campus. We're nine years old, but we've been worshiping on this campus for six and a half years And I went back through our parish register and just looked at some of the numbers. In that time, we've had 110 baptisms, we've had 76 confirmations, 21 weddings, 45 funerals, and five of our members' remains are interred in the prayer garden right next to us. We've given 10% at least and as much as 20% of all that has come in away. We've joined the new province of the Anglican Church in North America. We built a barn, that red building in the back, with cash. We changed our name, clarifying our identity, and we're in the process of rebranding. We've offered vacation Bible school for children every summer. We've offered Soul in the City for teenagers every summer. We've had a summer youth intern program every summer. One of those interns we've hired as our full-time youth director. We've ordained the following people, not in this order. Jay Wright, Paul Morales, Clay Hamrick, Sam Horowitz, Trip Prince, the late Bill Harkey, Brent McHugh, Dan Wolf, and me. Our average Sunday attendance every year has been somewhere between 450 and 475 people um, throughout those, t- those years here. We paid our mortgage every single month and are wor- have worked it the last two years into our operating budget, which is no small feat for this, this size of a church. We ended the third quarter, get this, we ended the third quarter projecting that we would finish $130,000 in the red this year in the red. And we've had the strongest December giving on record of all nine years, and we had the strongest 2014 giving of all the years, and we finished making up 100000 of that gap, finishing only 30000 in the red, which is less than one month's mortgage. <laughs> Praise be to God. Our building, our physical structure here stands as a monument to the fact that God's kingdom is alive and active in our county. And it's not just the building, but the people who are the heart of that building who are alive and active and worshiping the Lord 
and make up the dwelling place of His Holy Spirit. We are the temple of the living God, is what the Scriptures teach us. Now, I thank God for His work. I also thank God that we are still standing. If you don't know the history of this church, by worldly standards, we should have failed a long time ago. In the first two years out, we went through some significant losses. We had to leave our denomination that we belonged to over a century. It was over 100 years we belonged to that denomination. We had to let go of our multiple building campus with old historic oaks up on the water at St. John's River. We had to um, leave behind the day school. We had to leave behind the Institute for Worship Studies because they need buildings throughout the week. We lost the pastor who had served for over two decades. We went through some significant suffering in that time. We also bought this land and took out a big construction loan at the top of the bubble right before the economic recession. We didn't know some of these things were going to happen. But when you look from the outside in, you think that church should have folded a long time ago. But it has not. And what it is is the living God working through faithful people. And what it means to me, and hopefully to you as well, is that our membership in his church matters. It matters to God. Belonging in the church is important. And he doesn't just save people by grace out of sin, but also saves us into something, into his body and participation in the work of the church. He's not just saved us from something, but he saved us for something. That's significant. Now, Paul addresses, the Apostle Paul addresses some of these issues when he states so well in Ephesians 2, to the Ephesians and the other churches that that read this letter, what life is like before they were saved. And it's staggering, his words in verse 12. It says, remember that you were at one time separated from Christ, alienated from the commonwealth of Israel, and strangers to the covenants of promise, having no hope and without God in the world having no hope and without God in the world. Many of us who call ourselves Christians forget what life was like before we met Him. We have been in His grace for so long, we just take it for granted. But stop for a minute and think back to what life was like without God and without hope in the world. I shudder to think where my life would be if God hadn't intervened and by His grace saved me. I just, it, 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 it's scary to think of that. And maybe there are some of you here this morning who have never experienced God's grace. Don't wait another minute. Place your trust in Him today and experience the hope and the presence of God that Paul is talking about. Those of you that are Christians, do you remember what life was like before you came to faith in Christ? Can you remember it? And do you value it? It's one thing to have something that's precious. It's another thing to actually treasure it as a precious thing. Do you value your membership in the body of Christ? Paul doesn't leave us there, but in verse 13, he says, but now, twice in chapter 2 of Ephesians, he says, but, but now, and then lists these amazing privileges of belonging to Christ. But now in Christ, you who were once far off have been brought near by the blood of Christ. He has given himself as our peace. He's made us one. He's broken down the dividing wall of hostility between the Gentiles and the Jews. And in Christ, there is one person. No longer male or female or different races or socioeconomic classes. There's one in Christ. And I love how in verse 19 it says, So then you are no longer strangers and aliens, but you are fellow citizens with the saints and members of the household of God. Do you value your membership in the household of God? I received an email late last night 
in response to one that I had sent to a, a parishioner and her family who had moved to Virginia because the Navy took them away. They were here for a brief period, a couple of years, while the husband was on deployment and were incredibly blessed by this community of faith. And I had emailed and said, hey, did you guys find a church up there in Virginia? And she replied and said, we haven't. We keep looking and said, what you've got going on down there is incredible. And it was a reminder to me to treasure this particular church and what God is doing and has done in our midst. What a blessing it is to us. Our family has moved a number of times and and been in different cities, and there have been times when it has just been really dry because we've not had a solid faith community, and it has taught us to treasure membership in a good church. Not only are we supposed to receive from a good church and be blessed by it, but we are called to give. So membership, citizenship in the household of God is priceless, but it is also costly. So remember what Jesus said, come and die. The invitation is to come and die with him, to take up our cross daily and follow him. So there is great privilege, but there's also great responsibility in belonging to the body of Christ and being a member of a church. Full membership is costly. I, I know that it's true that the Pareto rule, the 80-20 rule, applies in churches as well, that 80% of the work is accomplished by 20% of the people. And that's just the way that it is. Many come, but a few really serve and contribute, and they do the heavy lifting. And that would be things like they give generously, sacrificially. They pray, not just for themselves, but for others. They give witness in the community as well as within our body to the goodness that they've experienced in God's salvation. They worship. They come here and worship in a different way. When you begin to serve and give and use your gifts in the body of Christ, your worship will be transformed. It will be different. And until you try, you can't possibly understand that. When you begin to take up full membership, your worship will be transformed. For 2015, my prayer is that the 80-20 rule would move to 70-30, and then 60-40, and then 50-50. And the truth of the matter is, in the church, there are always those who are coming in and being saved. They're in process. They're starting the process. They're not sure yet, and we welcome that. But there are those of us who've been in the church a long time and have not found our ministry. Now, as I've been praying and seeking the Lord for direction for our church for 2015, I heard a very interesting word. And you know, you can never tell right away if these things are from the Lord or from your own head. So this is how I heard it. Every member a ministry. That's how it came. It's like it's missing a word. I've had to supply a word. Every member has a ministry. And what that means is, do you know what God's call right now on your life is in ministry? Pastors are not the only ones who have a call from God, but every Christian, as I said, is saved out of something in, for a purpose and into something. My goal is to help our church identify each person, what is my ministry? God has granted me a ministry, and how am I using my gifts in that ministry? I've, I've assembled a little preaching cohort in our staff. We have a really gifted staff, and it's been a blessing, and it's challenged me as well. Get these young guys to evaluate my preaching and give feedback. And we've been listening to certain um, speakers on how to give better sermons. And one of these things I listened to, there was an illustration, and they were talking about the power of symbol and illustrations, object lessons. And this preacher actually brought out a big jar, and he filled it with, actually it was just yellow food coloring and water, but it looked like formaldehyde. And then he put a hand in it. I assume rubber or clay or something. I hope it wasn't a real hand. 
but it looked, and then he covered it with a white cloth. And, and he went on and on about how the Bible talks about the body of Christ having many members that are all part one of the other, and how foreign it would be to not be part of a body connected to the body. And then he takes this sheet off, and here's this hand, this dismembered hand in a formaldehyde jar. I didn't want to scrutinize, our, or I didn't want to scandalize our, our sense of sacredness and worship and have that right here by God's table, but the image is powerful enough. Think about how freaky that is. You know, there are, there are a thousand hands in this room right now, but it doesn't seem odd because they're connected to bodies. You take it apart, and it's really weird. <laughs> now, here's the point, though. The same is true of you. If you are disconnected from the body, it is unnatural. It's not functional. It doesn't have life in it. It's dead. But when the body parts are all connected, they begin to work together, and a beautiful thing happens. The church becomes what it's supposed to be. The hands and feet and all the parts are working together and are having an incredible effect. So you are the parts of the body, and I am the parts of the body, and together, with Christ as the head, we make up one thing. That's a powerful image. Do you know what your ministry is? Do you remember what life apart from Christ was like? Do you cherish membership in the body? Now, what we're doing this year to help people find their place is we've broken down all of the ministries into four quadrants. We call them four focus areas. And these are worship, belonging, mercy, and mission. And we have a staff person in charge of each one, Jonathan, who led uh, the songs from this side this morning, our director of worship in the art, he, arts. He's over worship. Elizabeth, our membership coordinator, is over belonging. Bob Simpson is over our mercy component. And Dan is over our mission component. We are now beginning to offer the network course, which is a spiritual gifts inventory. About 30-some people took it yesterday morning. We'll offer it again February 21st. The goal is for people to identify what gifts God has given them and then not have those gifts detached from the body but connected to the body, and they know what their ministry is. So you could say to someone, hey, what's your ministry? And they could say back to you, right now God has called me to do this, and here's how I'm serving in the body of Christ. We will see even further amazing things that God will do as we find our place of service and begin to spend our lives on these things. Spend your life on things that are important, things that are valuable beyond just this lifespan, but that are eternal. Spend your life on things that matter. Now, here's what I'm going to ask you to do this morning. I'm going to ask Jonathan to come up, and he's going to lead us in a song. And in your bulletin is a little piece of paper. We are going to try to help our church know whether or not they belong. I've been saying for a long time in our newcomers class that to be a member of this church, you simply start behaving like one. And I still believe that. But what is helpful for you and also for helpful, helpful for the staff and clergy is if we know, if you consider yourself a member, so we can know how to communicate with you, so we know how to encourage you and equip you for the work God has called you to do. If you are visiting today, you can check the bottom box, I'm a visitor. But I want you to think about what you consider your own home church. And if you have a home church, are you part of the 20 or part of the 80? Are you using your gifts there? And do you know what your ministry is? There's really only three boxes. I'm a member. My staff, my communications coordinator, gave me a hard time about this. I wanted to say, I'm a member, I'm still dating, and I'm a visitor. Because really, it's sort of like courting, where you're, you have to discern, like, is this a group of people I'm being called to join and commit to? I'm a member, I'm still praying about where I belong, or I'm a visitor. 
And if you check I'm a member, it would be helpful for us to know if you've done the foundations course or the network course, and you can check that as well. So Jonathan's going to lead us in a song. You can pray and think a little bit. Check the boxes. You can update your information in the lines below. I would like every single adult to fill this out, not per household. I recognize that there are some households where one maybe spouse is not sure yet if they belong. That's okay. God can sort that out. But it'd be helpful if you can fill out one per adult. And then when you come forward for communion, there'll be baskets up in the front of the lines, and you can drop that in on your way up. So now, let's, uh, as we fill that out and pray and think, let's together sing this song, and then I'll lead us in the creed.
as members in the body of Christ, we are not inventors of truth, but really stewards of it. And we have received the good news from those who've gone before us. And as a church, every Sunday we profess what we believe, joining with Christians down through the ages and declaring these truths in the the Nicene Creed as well as the Apostles' Creed. I want to invite you to stand and join in reciting the Nicene Creed together.